Welcome, bienvenue, to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Renz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball in the tools that we are developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. Let's talk Westworld. I rarely, if ever, watch through any amount of credits. So I got very lucky. <laughs> but did you watch, did you see the little clip at the end? Super confusing. I mean, I I wrote here that, that I'm interested in the setup that Fidelity. they... I'm, I'm interested in the setup for season three here. I'm really curious. I mean, they, they've clearly they've clearly laid out to me all three main arcs still so you still have like the big dolores arc you still have a man in black arc and you're probably still going to have a mave arc or they just teased that all for no reason in the ugly hemsworth well i think he yeah i think arc. he might go i think <laughs> everybody knows you don't have to laugh it's true <laughs> i think uh i i think he might go in the mave one because there's there's going to be like an in park. Yes. There's going to be like an an in the real world, an in the park, and an in the simulation storyline. Yeah, it feels like, which is basically what we had this season. So, but is that or is he just like in a fever dream? Is this Jacob's ladder? Ooh, ooh! Didn't they say something this like Jacob's ladder scenario? Didn't they say something like it? It is real. Yeah, but wouldn't wouldn't your dream say that too? I don't know, especially if you've killed your daughter and <laughs> tried to cut off your arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think he tried to cut it off. I think he just had to open it. Well, scoop around in your <laughs> arm for. Uh... I don't know. I mean, they yeah. they did not satisfactorily answer whether he was a host or not, whether he was real or not. No, I mean they they did not get close to his arm. He said to Dolores, "We're more like than you think." I mean, maybe he was trying to rip out the little. The, his little USB port. Yeah, I wonder what happens if you damage that port. Can they still get you? I mean, they, they just grab your... You think it's Firewire? just grab your pearl. What kind of port? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's an, it's an obsolete one. It's like it's like Lightning <laughs> 10 or something. Most likely. <laughs> yeah, Ford has brought it back. Yeah, how many dongles do you think they have to carry around in an average, like an average park trip? <laughs> and definitely someone has like a, a, like a pocket full of converters. Oh, yeah, for sure. Who are the brains that were in Dolores's bag? Right, so there's five. So um, Bernard obviously saw him. Bernard. Um, Teddy seems like a smart bet. But Teddy went to the land beyond, so maybe she wanted to let him go. But I, but I don't, I don't think that that precludes it. I mean, okay, I should have said, I should have said that the second smart bet is her father. Okay. And then, but his brain was. I the encryption key yeah i feel like i feel like she pulled a ford ford yes i yep and in the fifth one do you think that the fourth or fifth pearls could be somebody geared at infiltrating delos instead of somebody that she cares about oh okay all right talk a little baseball 
Let's do it. This is something that I've avoided talking about because I thought it was just going to be a fad and not Im- impactful. But it turns out, I think we actually have to talk about it, especially as Bestardo pioneers. This, yeah. this thing that's going on in Tampa Bay. I like it. Starting relievers and screwing with the other team is awesome. It's great from a baseball standpoint, but it is tough from a fantasy standpoint. Fantasy makes it really hard. Well, I mean, leagues that have like start limits and eligible, really tight eligibility good point. for starting pitchers versus relief pitchers. <sighs> yeah. That's a really good point. It's really mething with things. Okay. So we should be paying attention. We should be thinking about rules exploits in, in different fantasy leagues here. What other teams are going to do this? I mean, nobody right now, right? I mean, this this is really interesting because we talked about we've talked about the Rays rotation on the pod before at the start of the year when we placed down a yeah. uh, a really rough bet box on who was who was going to be the last starting pitcher standing because they're doing a four man rotation, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and they just came back. I think they think they must have listened to the pod and they heard that and they're like, well, you know, we gotta we're gonna mess we're with gonna them. we're gonna mess Don't with worry. those two guys for sure, but. There's a stat today. They have the best ERA since they started employing this strategy. It's, I mean, it really does have <laughs> something incredible. like disruption, right? Disruption is a new buzzword these that's days. Right. And that's what exactly what they're doing because everyone's frustrated because they can't prepare for the starting pitcher that they're going to see. They have to have like an inning of Romo before they go go through anybody. So this week on the pod, what we're going to do is we're going to give you some of the the discussion that we had last week talking about pitchers who are sell high. Eric and I both put forward a few suggestions. They are all shockingly still extremely relevant one week later. So I guess our timeline is a little bit more extended. And then in the second half, <laughs> we're going to talk about some of the concepts behind buy low. I'm going to ask Eric for a little bit of help building a flowchart. So here we go. It's easier to identify guys on the hitting side who are sell highs. Oh my gosh, it's absolutely, <laughs> absolutely easier. So, but I, my thesis actually that I wanted to say here is that I think that there, if you can correctly identify the sell high pitchers, there's even more value on that side. That's absolutely true. But you know, the ultimate sell high with pitchers is finding the guy who's just about to get injured. <laughs> Uh, let me run through some pictures here. We'll see. We'll see what you think about these. Um, I'll just run down the list. Eduardo Rodriguez, um, his value is being driven by wins, so yeah. sell him now. Uh, Blake Snell, arguable, but I still think he's pitching over his head. Charlie Morton, interesting case. Sean Newcomb is like a no doubter for me, and then Aaron Nola is one that I is my like reach question mark. If you can get the right guy for him, um, that he's worth, that he's worth moving. I don't disagree with any of these. I think that, um, the only place that I would disagree is I don't think that you're going to be able to get Charlie Morton's, um, contribution for the rest of the year. Yeah. I wrestled with that. I agree. So I, I don't know who the player is. I mean, cause geez. Yeah. I, I mean, if you can move Charlie Morton right now for another player, like, by all means, do it. Um, 
because it, it could fall off. But at the same time, what is he going to age into? Like, he's got a great defense behind him. He's got a great ballpark behind him. And he's got a great batting team as well. So he's going to get wins. I mean, this is, I, this is a player that is so... I mean, what, what we're talking about, one of the things that we're talking about in trading these players is to trade risk for certainty. Well, let me, let me just say, I think that the risk with Charlie Morton is that they, they move him out of higher leverage situations. Like, I don't know that they... Six innings. Six what innings was games. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't know that they, that they keep pitching him at this value, especially as the season goes on. Mm, right. They might, and they might have a six man rotation. I mean, that, that's something that I worry about with the Astros rotation. who are documented doing things like that. Yeah. Mm, that's fair. So, um, just a thought. Sean, Sean Newcomb as well. I kind of take umbrage, but he's also just such a buzz player right now yeah. that, I think his value is, I mean, people are treating him like he's a top 12 player and he's with number 20 and probably going to have a downturn a la Daniel Mangdon. Yeah, total Daniel Mangdon. At some point this season. I think we can, I think now we can officially call that a Mangdon, right? Ooh, a Mangdon? Yeah. I love it. The bell curve ownership model. <laughs> yes, that's a Mangdon. We got to call it. That's a Mangdon. All right. All right. Give me your guys here. All right, James Paxton, Jay Happ, Miles Mikolas. I I I do not disagree with you on any of these. I think that ah, man, the, the Paxton one. I, I everything I said last year, I feel like I've and the fact that I own him now, I feel like I've forfeited any right to speak about him. <laughs> <laughs> but. <laughs> But that said, if you could sell him after he strings together two amazing outings, like he had, you know, he had that 16K game followed by a no hitter, like right yeah. after that, I mean, could you, you sell him? Have. Can you sell him for Scherzer? Can you sell him for sale? Like, yeah, you, you got to jump on that if you could. And that's part of the reason that I said that it's so, so ephemeral to realize these trade values. Yeah. Oh no. Exactly. Right. I, you could have maybe you could have packaged him with someone else to be able to get a top one of those top five guys. Maybe you could package him right now though for Kershaw. Right now, yes. But but maybe this is this is like a really maybe this is the the lesson that we should learn about pitchers is that they're all really time specific deals. Like pitchers, especially um, just by nature of the fact that they pitch every four to five days their value goes in four to five day chunks oh yeah <laughs> or like oh, it's, maybe it's maybe really week a, chunks a at window. best like i i mean i don't know it's a stepwise function right but you're you're right like if you could package paxton you you gotta do it <laughs> um i i obviously hap. don't disagree on hap like sell that dude if you can i mean i, I would i don't like, think that we're yeah we're not making any news they are saying yes i'll high on hap <laughs> miles mikolas um <sighs> he's a top 10 know. pitcher right now. yeah he's a top 10 pitcher right now but he has uh, he has 63 k's in 
85 innings pitched. So, so that's really heavy reliance on a good ERA and whip and right and a solid number of wins, seven wins. So, I mean, he's a guy that, what, if that ERA bumps up by half a point, he's still under three, and he goes from being pitcher number 10 to pitcher... I don't know. Then he's down at like Walker Bueller. <laughs> so give me, give me his um the where where you think he ends up on the player rate for pitching, like not going forward, like where does he end this year? Like where are we gonna be talking Ooh, is about? This guy trying to get 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 a bet box going here. I am trying to get a bet box going. Where like I want to know where he's gonna end the year, as in like where are we gonna be drafting Miles Mikolas next year? He will be drafted as a top forty pitcher. I think that he's going to end the year. I think he'll end the year in. I mean, the over under is probably somewhere between McHale and Bird. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Sure. Three, two and a half. Yeah, I think I I agree that he gets drafted maybe. Five to six. I think that's probably about where he ends, and I think he gets drafted five to six slots lower than that next year. Aha! Really, five to six slots lower. I was going to say. I mean, I was I was going to say he's going to he's going to get drafted right where he ended the season this year. No, no, I okay. no the right, off season. Well, I mean, the off season. I'm not going to make that. I'm not going to make a board bet that long. But so you think that he is going to end the season below thirty-two point five? Is in um, be better than 32.5. I do. I do. Okay. All right. I guess I'll take over. That's a whole lot of regression. He would have to regress hard. I mean, wow. but is it possible? Absolutely. And Man, is it you possible? You are cheating me on all these these bets lately. Is it possible for a young pitcher? Even more absolutely. <laughs> yeah. We didn't really talk about Aaron Nola. You want to talk more about Aaron Nola. Who do you want to get for him? Uh, a top 10 pitcher. Who is the top top 10? Verlander, Scherzer, Kluber, Severino, Cole? I would Oh, if 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 you if you are a Cole owner and you're going to give me Cole for Nola, I'm doing that every day of the week. Okay. Well, fine. So yeah, Cole, DeGrom, Sale, that's seven. So who else? Who are the three other top ten pitchers? If you can trade him for uh, any closer, do you do it? What closer do you cut it at? Because closers keep coming up in value. <laughs> I mean, nobody closer. should be trading your closer for him. But I mean, I wouldn't do that if I if I was a Nola owner and I, I was like Nola for really? Kenley straight up. You wouldn't do that. <sighs> oh, I'd do that. Really. Oh, I'd do that trade. Yeah. Okay. Um, you trade for Nola? No, no, no. No, no. I would trade for Kenley. Wow. Okay. All right. Get, how about this one? I mean, let's think about your guys. This. Let's think about your guys. Would you Would you trade Nola for Paxton? Oh, no. You wouldn't trade Nola for Paxton. I would rather have the Nola side of that deal. I think I would rather have the Paxton part of that deal. Well, yeah. The much better team behind Paxton. <laughs> that that 
Philadelphia team is a uh, interesting affair. I mean, it's a, what about so what about Lester? I mean, Lester is also somebody that's climbing up there. I'd rather have Nola. Than I agree. Lester. I do agree. What with about that? Bauer, I would rather have Nola than Bauer. So basic. I guess you've just pigeonholed me. You've basically pushed me into like you have to get a top eight pitcher for Nola. What about Strasburg and Kershaw? I would. Oh, I would move Nola for either of those guys. Okay, so those. Okay, so that's eight and nine. All right, so he probably slots him. at ten, and maybe you actually have a shot at. Strasburg and Kershaw. Yeah, Who you probably you probably Some, do have a shot at those guys. One of our oh, I know the other player who's a top ten player. Carlos Carrasco. I would I wouldn't trade Nola for Carrasco. Yep. Yeah, there there it is. That's the player that I was looking for. All right. That's I mean that's I think yeah, yeah I mean I put a question mark by him. I I agree that he's unique in this in this sell high conversation in the sense that the guys that you would sell high for are way not up many there guys not many guys yeah but i still think he's i still think he meets all the criteria he's going to get worse he's doing much better than we thought he was going to do oh i think that yeah I, I think so i think he is but at the same time man he's good <clears throat> nope not saying he's not good not saying he's not good at all. I just think if you can move him for one of the guys, one of the top tens, you you at least seriously think about it. Yeah, I mean the the guys the the preseason uh, projections are just Kershaw, Strasburg, Thor, and Carrasco. We're gonna... We probably wouldn't trade him for Carrasco, so. He's a he's a top ten pitcher. That's great. That's crazy. And then you might take him for Kenley, who is number eleven. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> I see you're an anonymous penguin today. How do you feel about that? Is that what I am? It's, you're nice. an anonymous penguin. Yeah. Here, what about now? How do you like this? Now you're a ooh. Oh, they're all anonymous. Now you're a jackal. How do you feel about that? That feels more fitting. What? Yeah, I don't know. You might want to. You might want to try it again. The penguin was better. No, it's got my. It's got my face. In the flowchart? No, I see. I see anonymous jackal. Really? Yeah. Oh, Sorry, man. man. That's weird. So I set off on trying to build a flowchart just like the sell high flowchart last week, and it turns out much harder for buy low. Much harder to figure Absolutely. out a set of rules. So Absolutely. Uh, I need some help. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, you wanna you wanna walk us through this one? My first starting question is was the player a top one twenty last year? Is that a reasonable start place? I would have said one fifty, but I think that's So I started with one fifty and then I thought in a 12-team league, that's, it's the top yeah, 10 guys on each team. Uh-huh. And if it's 15... Well, what's the ownership? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I waffled about that. But certainly the top 150 last year have all been owned, you know, for the vast majority of the season. Okay. Yep. All right. So that's my start point. And then I just binary from there, yes or no. If it's yes, I ask, did you like the player at the beginning of the season... And so 
if you if you like the player at the beginning of the season, I think this is a key buy time for them. And then I said, do you have a player doing unexpectedly better? So if yes, if you liked the player at the beginning of the season, you're still interested in acquiring them. Do you have someone that's doing unexpectedly better? I think this is an important ingredient in this because unlike the sell high, you actually in the buy low, you actually have to have something clear to return. <laughs> I get it. I get it. But I, I think that we want to think about this more in a vacuum if we can, because it's like, okay, um, last year, Mike Trout on the DL a couple of times. Sure. Hurt. Sure. Like, of course he's a, buy, he's a, he's a, um, buy low. Yeah. He's yeah. 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 He's always going to be a buy low. And I guess, so maybe it's not fair to ask if you have someone doing unexpectedly better. It's more fair to ask just, do you have something that you can return? Do you have a player who is um, at their current value point? Oh, I see. So it should just be, do you have a player at their current value point? Okay. Do we want to go through a buy low example? I would love to. Okay. I've got a good one. He says... (laughs) Carlos Correa. I like it. Carlos Correa. Top yeah. 12, top, definitely top 20 talent. Potentially top 12. I mean, I think depending on the season of the last couple of years. Yep. Okay, who's right next to him? Currently. In Right now, in fantasy pros, right ahead of him is Cesar Hernandez. Yeah, I can see that. I mean... And Ender and Ciarte. Okay, Ender and Ciarte is a good one because we now sort of know what he is. And if you could move Ender and Ciarte at this value point, I don't, I mean, I don't think it's a sell high because I think he's going to keep doing well, but if you can move him for Carlos Correa, there's <laughs> a clear buy low. Right. Great. Yeah. Go for do it. That. And geez, I mean that, and in that case, it's, as you said, if for the rest of the season, it's sort of a wash. Well, number one, you just traded an outfielder for yep. for a shortstop. So we're not going to judge you that. There are going to be roster moves that you're going to have to consider yourself. But, geez, you just took that thought of like what's happening with Ender and Ciarte and probably trying to back him up and trying to being worried about him, etc. <laughs> Boom. You just set Carlos Correa in your starting lineup and you don't, don't have to deal with it. Um, so let me let me say I have a couple of clear paths to not a buy low. Um, if the player's not a top 120 last year and they aren't a touted prospect, there's no way they can be a buy low now. I don't know. I mean, like Edwin Encarnacion. He's a top 120. Three years has... Top 120. Oh, I, I see. Was a player a top 120 last year? Okay. I mean, I could see how injury injuries um, could play into this, but no, I think th- I guess that's right. Um, and I think if you didn't like them at the beginning of the season, then I am curious about: has the player been on your radar at any point this season? Did you like them a month ago? Yeah, that's a really good. That's a really good piece. Were you sniffing around? I don't. Yeah, because I don't want it to be that. I just found this guy yesterday. He seems like the perfect buy low candidate. I don't think that that's the yeah. way people are coming at this. I think it's, I saw this guy a month ago. Seems like he could be interesting. I'm still interested now. And so next week we're agreed that we're going to each evaluate some players on, on buy low. Yes. 
All right. So if anybody has any suggestions, they should they should hit us up, and we'll try and run them through our <laughs> our flowchart. All right. You want to wrap this sucker up? Let's do it. I want to have a quick check in on our league, and this is not just to make you feel really good about yourself, but uh, you opened up a com- frankly a commanding lead. Yeah. In our own league. It's about time. Um, I mean, eleven and a half games. Eleven and a half games with what? Seven weeks left. For us. Sorry. <laughs> what was that? Hang on, let me count this up. Um, eleven and a half game. Eleven and a half games with six weeks in our league left. Six weeks. Six weeks. That that's hard to lose. You can you can drop two games a week on on the second place team, and you. You could drop two games a week, except for one week, only drop one game, and still end in first. I know. So yeah, I and I've got a. Um, I kind of run the gambit on uh, the players that I play from here on out. It's a mix of the <clears> down <throat> and out and the. Do you and the competitive? Do you face? Club. Do you face at least two of the three down and out teams? I mean, how are we counting you? What? <laughs> what kind of question is that? Oh, the player that's just the worst in the breakdown. It, yeah, yeah, just just <laughs> casually. It um it depends it depends partly on how this week goes because if this week goes badly, I'll hit my desperation point when we play next week, and I'll be employing all sorts of crazy strategies. <laughs> is that what you're counting on? Uh, yeah, hopefully you don't. <laughs> hopefully you don't. Yeah, hopefully they don't. They're not successful. All right, you wanna you wanna do this review, T two. Do I want to do this review along with its ninety two percent fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes? I would love to talk about T two. I think watching this along with Westworld this week was a really interesting pairing. Very interesting pairing. Oh yeah, very interesting pairing. The robots. Um, big week for evil question mark AI. Yeah, I this has this has not done anything to place me on one side or the other of the the Elon Musk versus uh Mark Zuckerberg AI debate. I I would agree. Yeah, cuz you have the compassionate robot in this one. It's amazing that this is still a theme that we're tackling, I know. right? What is this? In like the exact same 27 piece. years later, right? Yeah. Speaking of 27 years later, I want to talk about how this is so 90s. Like, I <laughs> was reminded of this when I saw the t- old school twins hat. Twins were actually relevant. This is how old a movie that this is, even though it felt like pretty contemporary. Yeah, what, what day exactly did this come out in 1991? I, did it come out before or after they won? Well, the, it had to be filmed the before they won, right? Because it was because it was released. Okay, it was released July third. Came to theaters July third. Wow! That, wow! That's like prophetic. <laughs> that's the yeah, AI. That's good. I think product Skynet placement. knew and put the hat on. Skynet the board. probably yeah. did know. Skynet, aka James Cameron. <laughs> Yeah, and just it was amazing in that, and like, but just how much the world has changed. Like, the twins were good, computer programmers were cool, 
<laughs> he was not cool. And wealthy. So, is this the part where we can trace... Is this the movie that you can trace the genesis of the phrase neural net from? <laughs> is this where it really entered the lexicon, you mean? Absolutely had to. There's no way that it was a thing before this. There is no. No way. I mean, it's that that computer chip, by the way, was so bogus. Like, <laughs> did they not consult anybody about what a computer chip looks like? They absolutely didn't. I mean, I think somebody got their got their hands on on a transistor, and they were like, oh, "Just make it bigger and have a couple lines on it." Warren McCulloch and Walter Pitts, 1943, created a computational model for, for neural networks based on mathematics and algorithms called threshold logic threshold logic old. i like that old neural nets well now we're gonna have to come up with something called threshold logic for ours threshold logic uh yeah very important i think now if i think the real cool people if they want to cover their webcams should do it with something that says bit happens on it bit <laughs> happens yeah that was a great little post that's great would be a great way to cover your webcam uh last little last little thing not a good birthday for me. I'm gonna cut this, but it uh the you know the overlay, like the giant massacre is on August 29th. Oh right. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh wow, wow, rough start to the movie. Wow. Also Michael Jackson's birthday, so I don't know. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> didn't know that. Share share with share with the prince. Yeah, he, well, he's he celebrated in style, so it was it was not not always great. Wait, was the apocalypse? Is that the ninety-seven? Ninety-seven apocalypse? apocalypse. Yep. Wow, that could have been a hell of a freaking ninth. I birthday. really wish that I had known that it could have been a ninth birthday like that. I mean, it could have been a twin apocalypse, twins themed apocalypse would have been great. Oh my god! How did you like when he was like when he was holding the thing? I don't know how much longer I can hold this. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. Uh, you did text me about just that the CGI's base in this movie was great for the time, basically exactly the same as as current. <laughs> it's not that bad. It's really not that bad. I mean, if you compare and contrast the T one thousands shape shifting with like Mystiques in X Men, could you tell a difference? Yeah. I mean, that was fifteen years later. It's like, yeah, true. All right, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do it. This week, Rogue One. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter. Fantasy Tools, Mind the Sea. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Sea. All I've got left is, we're select to you, buddy. We're select to you, too.